Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Ringer NFL show. I'm Nora Princiati. I am here as always with Mallory Rubin and special guest Bill Simmons. Hello, Bill. Thank you for joining us. Well, Woo! I'd like to I'd like to point out you invited me, not vice versa. Right? That's true. Okay. And we invited you because we we're going to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> Fair. I'm here. I'm ready. You could have invited Had yourself to do on. It. You're welcome to come anytime. I have some music queued up. Yeah. Oh my God. We are back. We're the Patriots and we're back. That's Mallory great. Mallory has a look of horror on her face. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. You thought you got rid of us. I have some Vader figurines behind me, actually. So prepared for this. So before we started recording, yeah. there was a little argument going on about whether or not Mallory did not think the loss of one Matthew Judon. A lot of poo-pooing He of the 12 and a half sacks. A lot of poo-pooing. A lot of poo-pooing with witnesses. Other witnesses on the text. It wasn't just you and me. You were like, he's, you were like, he's fine. Overpaid by Belichick. We'll be able to replace him easily. was basically your take. I'm summarizing it. I, I miss Judon terribly. The Ravens could certainly use him and him potentially winning or at least competing for defensive player of the year honors with the Patriots on their way to a number one seed in the playoffs is just an absolute hellscape. So glad to be here with both of you today. This is a well, nightmare. It's the revenge for who was that linebacker you stuck us with in the mid 2000s? Oh my God. Who was that? Roosevelt Colvin? Didn't we get him from Baltimore? <laughs> he gave us some somebody who stunk at some point. Well, look, I know Nora's going to ask Do you want to do the Boston Sports Media podcast or the National Park? Boston Sports Media is Does Belichick trust Mac trust Jones? Mac. Does he trust him? What did the three passes mean? Right. It's like maybe it was 40 degree, 40 mile an hour winds. Yeah. That might have been, really might have been part of it. Maybe he, just, Josh Allen maybe he just wanted passes. to prove a point. He did. They were bad. Josh Allen was bad in the game. <laughs> they didn't go so well. No, they didn't go so well. Uh, well, we're not going to do that. We'll do a little bit of that, but we won't do a lot of that. What we're going to do is go through how the Patriots got to this point, how we feel about the Patriots leading the AFC yep. in December of 2021. Well, how good they are really, I think we have to define okay. both in general and in the context of this year, specifically the AFC, because you could be really, really good and not really be that, that good in the AFC right now, which might be kind of the situation that they're mm -hmm. in. 
And then what I really want to talk to you, Bill, about is what level of achievement and success will make you happy and warm and fuzzy and reminding Mallory of all the uh, all the missteps she has texted and all the things that she has said wrong in the past, whether it's playoff appearances or down the line success or whatever. But let's start with how they got here. And my question for you, Bill, is did you expect anything like this of this team at the beginning of the season? Did you feel like there was a chance that in December they would be leading the conference? You mean other than when I picked them to play the Bucks in the Super Bowl and did a seven-minute video of it that in we put heart. on our website? Uh, I don't yeah. do stuff like that. I don't make stuff up with like predictions like that. Like I genuinely believe they had a chance more more because I didn't think the AFC was very good, right? And everybody okay. was just Bills or Browns, and it was like really like, are we sure the are we sure the Bills are that team? Everyone had the Bills, and if they didn't have the Bills, they had the Browns, and then it was like, all right, I can accept the Chiefs. But Bills, Browns, and the, and then the Pats, I just don't think people realized how wide open it was. And I don't think they believed in Mac the way it was so clear in July and August when you read all the quotes from all the people in the organization, like that they really landed somebody good, that they, somebody they could compete with. That was what I was judging it on. I knew they had right. the offensive line. I knew they could run the ball. I knew the defense was stacked, especially yeah. the front seven. I knew they had Belichick. And then the X factor was Mac, but every indication was that Mac was good. Did I feel as good about this when they were two and four? I actually did. I bet on them to win in the <laughs> AFC when they were two and four. Cause I just thought they were the most well-rounded team. I'm not impressed by anyone else in the AFC. Now, if we're talking about Packers, mm -hmm. Bucks, Cardinals, I, sure. I don't know the if NFC you could say different. they're better than any of those three, but for AFC, I think they have the most well-rounded team. Man, the courage, the courage to zag. By picking the Patriots, you know, it's uh, I just have to say not this as a bit. I, I just listen, Bill, obviously you are a Patriots lifer, super fan. Nora, you've covered the Patriots for years professionally. I just need to speak on behalf of everyone else in the listening public for a minute and say this is a terrible place that we've all landed together. I cannot believe I mean, I can believe it. And I guess that's actually what's most dismaying, right? We can't believe, but simultaneously can, of course, believe it's inevitable that we're back here already. We had a season of a reprieve from the Patriots as the inevitable juggernaut Titan force in the AFC. And now they're a nine win team, number one seed, and they're currently the favorite to make the Super Bowl. And the, the, the fucking Patriots Bucks Super Bowl is the most likely Super Bowl right now. Now, from a content perspective, that's gold, right? Pat's Packers fans, is great, too. Just FYI. Pat's Packers is incredible. So it, Pat's cow. I mean, the Cowboys are sort of reeling, but like any almost all of the NFC matchups with the Patriots are are. Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers with the chance to win the Super Bowl during like the most tumultuous year a good quarterback has probably had. That would be pretty good, too. You want Listen, the Brady matchup, though, don't you? You want Belichick Brady in the Super Bowl. That's what you want in your heart. Or is it what you fear in your soul? I want that for the pick. I, it's really hard to root against Brady for me, but I would be able to do it in a Pats matchup. But Packers would be so organically awesome just to beat the diva Aaron Rodgers. Listen, don't blame me and don't blame Nora and don't blame other Pats fans. Why don't you blame, oh, I don't know, the Detroit Lions at number seven. Blame the Carolina Panthers at eight. Blame the Denver Broncos at nine. 
Blame all the teams who could have jumped the Pats at 15 and traded up to 14 with the Jets. Everyone in the league just kind of sat there and Mac Jones fell to Belichick at 15. If that doesn't happen. Fifth quarterback taken in the draft. We're probably trading our second round pick for Garoppolo, who's mediocre. And that would then then none of this is happening. So the NFL needs to look at the mirror at how this actually played out. Mac Jones, we didn't even trade up for him. We didn't even trade like a fifth round pick to move up. Just sat there, waited for him. Anyway. Well, and the, I, I feel a little bit like that about the Bills, who were supposed to be the team to take over the AFC East. Now kind of seems, uh, did you guys see what Sean McDermott was saying after the game where it just seemed like, I mean, he said that it didn't have to do with Bill Belichick. He was kind of blaming the team for sloppy football, lack of execution. All of a sudden, it feels like Buffalo's kind of reeling. And Mm -hmm. to Bill's point, there's been no one who's sort of cemented themselves as, okay, we're going to be the team to beat in the AFC. And all of a sudden, it's, it's wide open. I know a lot of people have strong feelings about the Chiefs pulling it together. Yeah. I, I really cannot get there until I see that offense be what it's supposed to be. Nobody has has done the thing that would be necessary to actually keep them down for more than one sub 500 year. I'm I'm sorry to pile on, Mallory, but this is the world we live in. I can assure you that the Ravens will not be in contention for the number one seed at the end of the day. I can assure you of that, at least. I'm crossing them off as well. Not even for number one, just in general. It's not a very good team. It's uh, it's a tough Who place to be. Who scares you in the AFC? The, Ra- the Ravens didn't scare me before they lost Humphrey. Now it seems insurmountable. Yeah, I don't the injury see- situation yeah. is devastating. Mallory doesn't think they're going to win another game. No, you can, in the NFL, you can 100% pass the point of no return. And I think they did injury-wise. Like, they're just like, what what would the team look like with Dobbins all year? You know, like you and Dobbins and Edwards. You think and then just on down the line nightmare. Yeah. I'm not scared of them. Tennessee, if Henry came back in time and was actually healthy, I think has to be taken seriously. But the Chiefs are the one. You know they because yeah. and it could go one either way, right? I heard Orlovsky talking about well, the Chiefs drop the ball every week and they have all these drops and you know after at some point that's our who you are. On the other hand, like if they stop shooting themselves in the foot with the way their defense is playing, it's just a good team and their playoff experience. They have weapons and you know, we have a rookie quarterback right? who threw three passes on Monday night. Belichick <laughs> doesn't trust him. No, but it's, you know, the rookie quarterback thing is a real thing. It's, it's pretty rare to take a rookie quarterback to the Super Bowl. It happens once a decade. So that, yeah. that would be the fear. It's like we go into a Mahomes matchup, the Chiefs just play well. They play better than they usually play. And, you know, I still, I love the way we can run the ball. We can rush the passer. We can defend the pass. And Mac can make plays when we need him to make plays. It's a good team. Are there Matt Judon jerseys in your home as we speak? I got nephew Kyle one for uh, his birthday two weeks ago, and he actually wore it during the uh, three pass game, which we're now calling okay. it in our house. Okay. The three pass game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Judon thing. Judon got hurt at one point. We got nervous. He got up. He was yeah. fine. Yeah, that was scary. But yeah. No, that listen, it's the perfect kind of old school Belichick team. And I've been saying this for weeks. Everybody thought I was a lunatic. It's so reminiscent of the 010, 0304 teams. And then if you watch Man in the Arena and you watch like how those teams were built, and I, I can't believe I like Man in the Arena. I had no interest in spending more time with Brady from a content standpoint, but Man in the Arena is really good. <laughs> and the way they build that team where it's just like this tough team 
that doesn't beat itself and it's just like this collective force. And that was what we saw the other night, right? Belichick's yeah. just like, we're going to run the ball down their throats and we're going to beat them. I, and that was it. I, I have to say it pains me, but I totally agree. I mean, I like all trolling on the pod aside, I don't really think there's any Mac centric discouragement to take out of that game. It was all just like vintage Belichick statement game, like a true iconic. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Reminder yeah. to the rest of the league. And for that reason, I think it was incredibly emboldening for Patriots fans and dismaying for fans of other teams. Again, outside of that, maybe like, what does this mean? Do they not trust their rookie quarterback in the elements or in a big game situation? At the end of the day, I think that you could like, look, it's like sports, right? You can always find a way to spin and look on the other side of any talking point or data point. But even with the Mac trust thing, (laughs) I think there's a way that you could spin that and say, that speaks to how confident they are in his ability to like handle the narrative and the pressure because mm. you have to know coming out of a game like that, that this is going to be one of the talking points. Do they trust their rookie quarterback to get it done in the big game that counts prime time, all eyes on him and to not worry about that at all. Like one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things in a long time, and this is not particularly germane, but is kind of of a piece was during the Manning cast when Peyton and Eli were talking about how Nag wasn't responding to Peyton's text messages and like said he didn't look at his phone during the week and all this stuff. And it's like, he's just not paying attention to the bullshit, right? And I don't mean to go into the straw man sports cliche bucket here, but it does really feel like on this seven game win streak in particular, you know, they're eight and one since losing to the Bucs and the media attention and the microscopic nature of that game against the Bucs in week four was so intense, right? So high profile. Eight and one since just feels like they're tuning out all of this horseshit and focusing on trying to figure out the strategy for them, the way that they're going to be able to deploy Judon, Jones, Trent Brown to bolster the line, Jalen Mills, like the one-two punch at running back right now. And then you bring in Bolden for, for the passing downs. Like they've found simultaneously a rhythm and a script. And because it's Belichick and he's going to win coach of the year during this season, they can tweak in the weirdest, most unconventional ways possible and win that game. So to me, the take the takeaway from that game is they're feeling it, not they don't trust the offense that they have. And that's, I think you're right, Mel, upsetting. but I also think Mac Jones has two phones. There's wow. no way he does not look at his cell phone during the week. There I also say no it was chance. Wednesday to Friday is not that big of a gap. You know, he looked at a cellular telephone device <laughs> in between that Wednesday and that Friday. I would stake my life on it. But Mac Jones. I just thought of this as Mallory was talking, but Brady was like the Belichick son, right? that the son that he had in his first marriage is he was learning how to be a dad basically. And now he's older and has more wisdom. And now he's remarried with new wife and he has young kids. And now he's like, I'm really, I really know how to mold my, this new son I have now. And Mac Jones is just like the fact that he didn't talk to the Mannings for the Mannings cast. I thought was unbelievable. He's the only quarterback who's like, no, I'm good. I don't want to talk to you. He gives these boring press conferences, but he's got this happy smile on his face. And he's just like, 
if you made him in a lab, this would be the quarterback Belichick would want, right? He's he's not like this crazy, crazy physical specimen, but he's really smart. He gets the ball out fast. His teammates love him. This has been the case since the first day of freaking minicamp. Like his teammates just like him. They gravitate to him. And that's that's like everything Belichick wants. And the fact that the three pass thing where you have to have kind of the ego to be like, all right, my coach didn't think I could throw in the wind, but he doesn't care. He just, he was, my dad pointed this out to me. He was like so happy they won. He was so happy. Did you see the David Andrews? Did you see David Andrews after the game where he was like, that's the most fun three hours I've ever had in my life. Like that you win a game like that. Like that's, that's one of those tipping point games for a season where, and the man in the arena had this, where they talked about, um, there was a Colts game the second Super Bowl season when they had the four down stop in Indy. It was first and goal from the one. Right. They stopped them four times and Willie stopped Edgar and James on the fourth and one. And that was like the most important game of their season. That was when they were like, all right, we're great now. We we can do this. And maybe that Buffalo game was like that. Now watch them lose to, you know, Indianapolis next Indy. week. Who knows? But yeah, it was a lot of good signs coming out of that game. And they're pretty healthy too. That's the other thing. We never look, just consider health enough at this point of the year. And they're really, really like, yeah, as Mallory knows, they're kind of shockingly healthy right now for how physical some of these games have been. Yeah. Well, I think they've had a lot of that uh, during, even in the earlier parts of the season, because there was that sort of weird dynamic where they were losing games, but they kept saying stuff about being a better team than their record, which is very not Patriots- stuff to say but it seemed like they really believed it was oh one they did that too after after they lost to the rams game on the sunday night and it was the same thing they were like that game we're better than this that that game showed us we can compete yeah so i'm with you part of it is like okay so this is obviously a really extreme example of it because the wind was 100 miles an hour and they threw three times but they're such a big physical team and i think Mm -hmm. Football players really care about that stuff, right? Like a football team knows if it can go beat somebody else up, basically. So they get Trent Brown back and they're starting to have these games where like Michael Onwenu, who was this revelation from the 2020 draft class, all of a sudden he's sort of out of a job, except when he's a sixth offensive lineman. And then they have the German fullback who's 260 pounds. Ramondre Stevenson's 230 and is like, a bowling ball. They still, they've lost people. They lost Joe Tooney on, on the line, but Shaq Mason is one of the best run blocking guards in the NFL. I've got to imagine that they're having little microcosms of that feeling of this is super fun because they know that they kind of can just run it down somebody's throat and yeah. go in and be bigger and more physical and, and more powerful than other teams. And I think, you know, is it the most efficient way to win football games? Not necessarily, but I think to those guys, it actually means something and it's something that they really enjoy. And if you have to get past that part in the beginning of the season where they're really young, they've lost a lot of people on the coaching staff. It's a longer season. You've got a new quarterback who's a rookie. You have to, you know, the first month of the season where they've always sort of played around and figured out what they were going to be good at. Maybe that was close to two months this year, or at least six weeks. Mm-hmm. It seems like they felt it on some level that they were going to be okay. And I wonder if that 
kind of has to do with the fact that they're just like a big physical team. And maybe they trusted that. Training wheels on Mac too the first month or so. I don't think there's any sure. question. Like they were being super duper careful with him not to get his confidence blown out. And it, it happened to the Saints game was his worst game, but they were just really careful and watching him was really frustrating because it's like, let's open it up. We're, let's break out the tight ends. We got the tight ends in the garage. Let's take them for a spin. And, you know, and they just weren't doing it. And then finally, once he got a little more comfortable, I, the week six game was the key game because that was just hanging that whole game against a good team, I think. And it, and they kind of gave the game away. And I think that one was where it's like, that was when I made my bet. Cause it was like, we're, we're good. We hung with that team. I also think, I, I think to the, I mean, the trust thing is silly, but if you want to prove that Bill Belichick trusts Mac Jones, the fact that he let them, that he let him throw against Brady, like yeah. that to me was the earliest sign of, okay, at some point the training wheels will come off to some degree on this because if in that spot he's like okay mac you, i don't think that you're going to lose this game for us that has to mean something I, I think part of that though is like the confidence of the overall build of the team and this is like nora we talked about obviously this is a, an ongoing conversation throughout the season we talked about this in our rookie qb episode what feels like 100 years ago already but in reality it was mere weeks ago mm. the situ you can't you can't separate player from situation of course right but the comfort that comes from the team that is around mac both with the ability to balance or go run heavy on offense but specifically with the turnovers and the defensive play right like you're talking about the team that's first in the nfl in point differential they have a plus 150 point differential this is astonishing they're second overall in dvoa tampa of course first there we go again on the tram lines toward that inevitable super bowl but the number one scoring defense, number three total defense on a team that's number three in turnover differential. Compare that to my beloved Ravens, who are third from last in turnover differential, negative eight. The Pats are plus 10. That just gives you the ability simultaneously to be more conservative, right? And only do what is what is necessary and comfortable, but also to try to take those training wheels off when it feels right because you have the comfort of that defense. I think that's why, as we look ahead, the question is less even what has been the case so far and more what will be necessary against playoff caliber competition. Because whether it's Kansas City in the AFC or any of those potential Super Bowl opponents in the NFC, as good as the defense has been, you're going to be facing an elite, elite quarterback. So are they going to be able to get away with not throwing the ball deep downfield not throwing the ball often in the postseason, or is that not a concern? I think they will. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the defense has also kind of had to figure itself out, right? I mean, part of the reason I think Judon's so critical is because the high impact player that they'd had on defense in recent years was Stephon Gilmore. Right. He was not going to be a part of this team. They started initially; they were playing a little bit more man. I think at a certain point they realized the impact player that we have here is on the defensive front and we're going to focus on getting pressure, play a little bit more zone. That's going to be sort of, that's going to be the bread and butter. And then they switch it up every week because it's a Belichick defense. The thing that they don't do very much is too high, which is sort of funny because it's like one of the stories of the season is, Oh gosh, none of of these quarterbacks can deal with too high safeties. Normally they just stick McCourty kind of up there as the center fielder. So it's never, I mean, you never want to say that 
that Belichick won't just look at an opponent and go, Mahomes is struggling with too high. Let's just right. come up with a game plan where we do that. Like that's, I mean, look no right. further than the Rams Super Bowl. They can completely shift what they want to do on a weekly basis. Yep. But it is an interesting wrinkle that the thing that has been sort of billed as kryptonite for a lot of the top quarterbacks is not what they typically do. But I do think that they could figure out the version of it that that works for them. Right. But they had to do the same thing defensively, I think, as offensively, where they figured out what they were actually good at. The pass rush and the defensive backfield are like unlocking each other, though, right? I mean, that's all working quite harmoniously right now. Totally. I think they're really malleable, which is what I like yeah. to look for right around now. I like teams that can run the ball when they have to, that can throw when they have to, that can play with the lead, play from behind, that can get stops, can usually win the turnover battle, flip a little bit, and just have the most options. Because in, in every playoff game feels different, right? You never mm -hmm. know. You right. might have the game where it's like the weather fucking sucks. And it's 17 degrees and it's icy and you just have to a little bit like what we saw on Monday night. And you might have the game in a dome against a team that has a hot quarterback and you got to match points with them. I think out of the AFC teams, they're the only team that can play all kind of styles, which I think is their biggest advantage. I, when you get to the NFC, I think Tampa could absolutely do that. Arizona is the wild card because we, you know, who knows yeah. with Kyler, but defensively they can certainly hang with anybody. And then, they do have the ability, especially the way Connors looked this year, the, uh, they have the ability to, I feel like play different styles. And then green Bay is green Bay. You know, green Bay has been really good all year. And I think has been pretty resilient pulling games out too. And Rogers has been yeah. the best player in the league. He's not going to win the MVP, but, um, he's, he's the best part of the week this year. So I think those, I think that's the top five and I don't know where Arizona fits in it. Cause I think that's the team I've had the hardest time trying to figure out. I think they've caught some certain teams on the right week. Um, the seven and oh on the road and every win is like by 10 or more is such an impressive stat. But yeah. at the same time, there's, I don't know if I trust cliff and I don't know if it's cause I lost money on him a few times last year. I told Mallory today that I came around, uh, that I officially came around on cliff Kingsbury today. Wow. However, what was it? It was, well, it was the fact that he was, asked if a player has ever tattooed his name on their body. And he said, not a male. Oh, wow. He's something. If he could be the next bachelor, we'd be all set. We'd all of our interests would uh, collide. That is my dream. It would that be, is my dream scenario. Wow. Yeah, so I think we have five teams and I really think that's it for the AFC unless Henry comes back and he's a hundred percent, but we've seen with the foot injuries, like who the hell knows? Yeah. So you're not remotely scared of the chargers. Oh God. No. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. I don't think that team, I don't see that team at all. I actually think the Bengals are kind of the upside AFC team. Like if you're looking for a long shot, who could shock somebody in round one or two, because they'd never really had their whole team at the same time. And even yeah. this chargers game, they were missing offensive linemen, but I, they have, so they have two really above average skill guys on top of the QB. It seems like they yeah, can move the and, ball when they need to. Been in a like a really, really, really good pass rusher. Yeah, they, I like their defense. It's weird because they got torched by the Chargers, but I thought they were going to win that game. They were going to come back from twenty four nothing, and then Mixon had that fumble and the game flipped again. But the resilience they showed in that game, I was impressed. So I've, I'm kind of 
I think they could win the division. I know, I know they're on Mallory's radar. They're only a game back. It's, I, <laughs> I, the, the Ravens schedule the rest of the way. There's not a single guaranteed win on there. Seriously. Well, you have the, the corpse of Roethlisberger's on there though. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when the Ravens lost to Roethlisberger and the Steelers because it was a handful of days ago. So, well, he's, <laughs> he's still covered in formaldehyde. I was watching Man in the Arena, the third episode. They go through the Steelers. The Steelers kick the shit out of them in the regular season. The Pats beat them in the playoffs. And they're showing Roethlisberger footage from when he was a rookie. And it, oh, wow. it, it seems like it's like looking at photos of some super old actress when in the 1950s when they were a bombshell. He's like, he's skinny. He's throwing 50 yard darts. He's just like, you're like, wow, what a specimen. And now he's like this broken down version of himself. I was like alarmed. Could he it. run? Oh, yeah. He was like, he Ro could... Roethlisberger in the mid 2000s was amazing. He was really good. I, I think, I, I actually think he's underrated because of the, some of the personal stuff, I think just it was the default for any Roethlisberger conversation. But in terms of like, just him being like this specimen, like the way guys would bounce off him. And it was a little like what, what Josh Allen is like now, these pass rushers, they would have right. him and they would just bounce off him. And then he would have four more seconds and he had a cannon. He was really good. He's going to make the hall of fame. I mean, he's probably like the 10th or 11th yeah. best QB of all time. Fascinating. Wow. But now his career's over and yet it continues for six more weeks. Just for the look at Mallory. Mallory won't even Mallory. comment about Roethlisberger. She's just like no comment. Right she's now. just like she, she's making faces. <laughs> That's the team, though. Uh, if they had gone and gotten even a C plus quarterback, I actually think they'd be in the mix. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> what one of my favorite weekly traditions is fielding uh, Roethlisberger. Slacks or text messages from our cherished colleague Ben Glicksman, a devout Steelers oh fan who I think would genuinely gladly have Minshew as his starting quarterback right now and uh, would just be a much, much, much more content person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thrilled. said this on one of the last pods I did, but I, I just can't believe that they still are so bad at evaluating quarterbacks. There's that we have all these new examples just from this year, like Mac falling to 15, Minshew going for a six round pick. The Carolina trading a second rounder for Darnold. He, the Giants thinking Daniel Jones might make it for one more year. Like it, there's 20 examples. These teams, nobody knows how to evaluate the only position that matters in the NBA. Like nobody is this bad at like who's our best player. Oh, it's Joe Schmo over here. And then it's like, no, nah, we'll give him one more year. Like you just know right away. And in football, it's like Daniel Jones, year three. Well, we'll see. Maybe he'll put it together this year. It's like, no, he won't. We watched the first two years. There's no chance. And then you have somebody like Minshew, who's actually Rudolph good. Or, right, Mason Rudolph. Or Dwayne Haskins will figure it out. How do you bring back, how is that your backup? Well, we got Haskins and I Rudolph. I don't know. I, I mean, I think how even do you in the do realm that? of NFL evaluation, that was suspect. What, what Did Haskins have one moment of professionalism in Washington that made anyone think he could be an adult and be the star of a team? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Not that comes to mind. No, I don't know. This is why Brian Hoyer is going to be like 48 and still get backup, <laughs> backup paycheck stuff. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What else do you need from me and the Pats? We're going to get you out on this, though. Yeah. Well, I want to know what will make you feel... What will make you feel happy other than a Super Bowl at the end of the year? And feel some degree of Bill has evened the score post Brady. Oh, is it an AFC championship game? Is it? First of all, we're already here. The season was a huge success. Everybody poured dirt on Belichick and it swung so far in such a dumb way. And the reality is the the 20 years they had together was because of both of them. There was no like, there's no this guy gets more credit than the other guy. It was like, they, it was the best quarterback ever and the best coach ever. And they were together for 20 years. And that was what happened. There's no other, like who deserves more credit. And I I thought Belichick at some point, this is just my theory. Last year's going bad. Cam sucks. It's COVID eight guys opt out. And I bet at some point he was probably scouting for this year, even as last year was happening. Like I, I do feel like, and you think about how they attack free agency, like it does feel like he really put an incredible amount of thought into this because he's a competitive guy and I think he cares about his place in history. And I think he understood the stakes and they got lucky. Like, you know, they didn't trade it for Mac Jones either. You know, right. they got lucky. The Ravens didn't want to keep Judon. Um, They got lucky that Ramondre fell to the fourth round. That guy's incredible. That, that 78 yards he had on Monday night was yeah, just incredible. Against 10-man fronts, he gets 78 yards. Um, So, you know, he did a good job, and I think now he's back. And I think for the Pats fans, now we have, like, at least we can see the future. And, you know, like, all right, that cam piece was bleak. But now you go, all right, Belichick seems like he's got some time left here. And we have a quarterback again. So now at least we're in the mix every year again, which I think is all anyone wanted. But I think it would be a disappointment if they didn't get the one seed. You, They'd really have yeah. to fuck this up now. That that's the thing I, I find fascinating. It it went so quickly from are, are the 
Patriots good again to they're clearly the one of the two best teams in the AFC. And so it just as quickly went from being competitive and potentially, you know, competing for a playoff berth would be gravy to they have such a track to actually right. maintaining that number one seed that is 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 failing to get that or go, going further than that, failing to make the AFC title game or even the Super Bowl. I mean, look at how many times we've been talking about NFC opponents in this pod instead of AFC opponents. Like, if they don't get to that point, is it a letdown despite what a rapidly developing surprise this has been? Or is it still, this is all bonus bliss we no, weren't even supposed to be here this quickly. No way. It's it's you have a chance to make the Super Bowl now. Like you're actually in the driver's seat in the AFC if just take care of business. It's really it would be really hard for them to not get the one seed now. They would have to really fuck up a right, couple they would games. Have to really screw it up. Their conference record's ridiculous. They have like seven two and less one losses. in conference. Yeah. yeah, they have two less losses than everybody else. So they yeah. I mean, ironically, they could sew it up in the last week against Miami, the team that's been their like sneaky dumb nemesis for that's you their know, one conference loss. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but yeah, no, it's set up and they're relevant again. They own Boston. I mean, this is like, it's the most right. one-sided it's, it's been. The about. baseball lockout, Celtics, nobody cares. So uh, I think- I still think bad. they need to make an AFC championship game before it's truly like silly to talk about who's ahead. I think it's be an AFC contender, which you could argue- has already been accomplished. I think you have to win a couple playoff games before that's totally checked off, but it's AFC contender and find a quarterback who you would rather have than Jimmy Garoppolo, which check, check. I still, am I wrong to think if Jimmy doesn't hurt his knee, we're, we're looking at him and talking about him much differently. I don't think he's the same guy. I don't, I don't know what it was, but and maybe there's like, I know there's some stuff yeah. with the Shanahan offense and you can kind of create a quarterback that looks, Ben Solak did a good job today writing about that Yeah, with Cousins. I get it, yeah. but I did feel like he had something. I thought there was something a little bit different about him and I don't, I don't feel the same spark I when too, I watch but him. But now I've, I've come to now you feel dumb that I think I was punked. So it's like Noah Centineo in the first kissing booth movie. We thought, thought maybe he was different, but now, you know, I after the third one. I thought he made Tom Brady nervous and therefore he must have something special. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. And then it turned out what was maybe making Tom Brady nervous is that like Bill was kind of needling him behind the scenes. But, oh, well, everybody's happy now. Well, the Patriots no, are leaving not the Mallory's not. Mallory's just absolutely Mallory's not happy. Not everyone. All this. Not everyone, folks, but that's fine. While you guys are uh, talking about your next championship run, I will be just reading, you know, Ravens injury reports to myself and probably spending the bulk of the January stretch rereading this quote from uh, Jameson Hensley's ESPN piece. The Ravens will have 44.3 million of their salary cap on IR, which amounts to 25% of their oh cap. Oh, my God. That's how I'll be spending my time. Enjoy the playoffs. Mallory, you can be happy because we're in on Cliff now. Uh, oh, that's true. You like true. Instead yeah. of a second guest, you should replay Mallory's seven-minute monologue about why Lamar was the midseason MVP. Why are you calling it my seven-minute monologue? He was Nora's pick, too. I don't. I don't remember a monologue from Mora. You were. You were like yours was like written by Aaron Sorkin. I mean, it's like Aaron thank Sorkin you. presents Mallory's thank monologue you. about the Lamar MVP. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, I texted you immediately. 
I was power walking around the disgusting streets of LA listening to it. I was laughing. I was like, wow, this is one of the great jinxes I've ever heard in my life. And I think you played Miami like four hours later. Yeah, it was my my dad was visiting his first time seeing my dad in 29 months. Our first time watching a Ravens game together in years, right on the heels of the midseason MVP conversation. And, uh, you know, they haven't really uh, looked like a particularly capable football team since. So I still remain cautiously hopeful, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. There's always next year. And just for the record, I'm not guaranteeing anything. I just like that. There's always seven teams that can win the Super Bowl every year. And at least the Pats got in that circle, right? We had the five we mentioned, probably Dallas. And then I think one team that probably hasn't emerged yet. I don't, I'm out on the Rams. Maybe it's like somebody weird, like the Bengals. I'm still in on the Rams. I'm not, I'm out. I, I, I don't see it. I don't think they're tough enough. I think it's like, I think it's one of those teams that, oh, we're running up on Jacksonville, but I think you can punch them right in the face. I think they're one of those, like, yeah, I, I just think you can, they don't have a running game at all. I mean, Sony Michelle, come on. One receiver. They're relying on Odell. Stafford looks like he's 48 years old all of a sudden. I, I'm not, I'm not trusting that team at all. So you go through the NFC and it's really three teams. They, I would keep your eye on Cincy, though. I something in that game on Sunday I liked. Anyway, I'm gonna leave I you on that. I was really, note. I was really excited about them, and then, and then they lost. Well, so I'm kind of off the side. Rose Pinky was like hanging off, so we gotta, we gotta factor that in too. Here's my question before I go: What Taylor Swift song are the 2021 Patriots? <laughs> oh, this could be a social breakout. Okay. Nathan would have already gotten this. Nathan would have just made something up. Nathan yeah, would have they, they, like you would have been so much faster. <laughs> the 2021 Patriots are treacherous. Okay, explain. It's a song from Red. Yeah. So it's kind of a throwback at this point. Yeah. But it's a song that's really, really, really good, and it builds over the course of it's a kind of long song. Takes yeah. a while to get there, and then it's just like beating you over the head with all of these like big chords, and it's awesome. Hmm. Treacherous. I like it. And, and it's about getting back into the scene after the difficult mm. end of a relationship. And you're sort of trying to figure out like, do I like this? Is this good? I'm a little nervous. Maybe I have a crush. Maybe I'm not sure what's the mm. future going to hold. Bam. 2021 Patriots. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, I adore you both. It was great seeing you. Thanks for having me on. Great to be Thank with you, you Bill. Coming, Bill. Thank you. Can't believe you didn't ask me what Marvel movie the Patriots are, but that's fine. Next time. Wait, Mallory, what Marvel movie are the Patriots? <sighs> of uh, recent ones, this year, phase four, present day. I guess I would have to go with Eternals, you know? Oh, that movie wasn't even good. How dare you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know anything about any of this. 7,000-year-old space gods. No. I, I like Treacherous. Treacherous is better. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thanks, guys. This has been the Thursday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Nora Princiati. She's Mallory Rubin. He was Bill Simmons. Ben Solak, Stephen Ruiz, and Kalen Jones will be coming up next on this feed, previewing the Week 13 games this Friday. I'll be back Sunday night with Kevin Clark, Solak, and Ruiz to break down all of the Week 13 action. 
Mallory will be back on the Ringerverse feed with Joanna Robinson this Friday to break down Hawkeye's fourth episode. You can, of course, listen to Bill and Sal on the Bill Simmons podcast on Sunday night. Our thanks, as always, to production assistant Isaiah Blakely for producing this episode and to Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision. 